0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 447 of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. I am your host for this week, Sir Colonel Gables, the man, the myth, the legend himself. And joining me, all the way from Iowa, we have Ginger Boy 507, or otherwise known as Tyler. How are you doing today,
1: buddy? <laughs> I I don't feel too well. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I feel... I,
1: this is the closest I'll ever be to sounding like Barry White right now. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Gills for the show. Uh, I went over and had uh, some drinks yesterday at uh, Justin's house. You know, one of our... My best friend and one of our hosts for a long time with us. And... Um, uh, drink a lot drink a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, keep, I always see the tiktok where it's like it's better it's it's better to not get drunk than to be hungover or it was like what, what how do camera remember how they phrase it it's like but basically it's like oh uh, yeah getting drunk is a really good time but the hangover is a 32 just not worth it and you know what I'm not saying i had a lot of fun this sucks <laughs> this really sucks hey like the hangovers just get worse and they get easier uh as, as you go on it, it's just, it's like hangovers in a way are like concussions where like the after the first the every ever the first one just easier and easier to get same thing with, with hangovers man the, the the uh after the first one it's just takes less and less to get there and that's that's where i'm at right now but uh, i am uh drinking i'm still drinking i got a I drank a shit ton Oktoberfest, and I have a bunch still in my fridge, but I'm I'm worried what my bo- my body might do to me if I drink another one, so I'm just drinking these honey wheat line kugels I had in the fridge. Um, maybe the old hair of the dog will help me out, but uh, I'm other than that, I'm doing okay. Gables, how you been?
0: Let me tell you, man. It's like work. Work is work. Quintessentially had kind of like a rough going the past couple days and stuff, but at the same time, it's like I look at it this way, you know? It's like at the end of the day it's like life still goes on and no matter what type of terrible crap you get yourself into or what happens to you or how much good stuff that happens and stuff you got to understand that even though the world may seem like it's ending and all the craziness going on and so you got to remember it's like you have to take things one day at a time and life mm-hmm. will move on regardless of what happens so
1: my organs might disagree with you but other than that I <laughs> <understand> it <laughs>
0: Now you're, uh, you probably your organs is like just twisting and turning, kind of burning. It's like, help me, yeah. help me. It's like get
1: <laughs> all of this out of him now. Any hole that is is available, force it out. We gotta get this shit out.
0: But yeah, but I'm <sighs> basically, man, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Drinking my coffee, getting my water, and everything else, that all fluid. Fantastic. It's been one of those weeks and stuff where it has been pretty humid. And by pretty humid, I mean, like, a couple of, like, degrees more humid than what it should be. I think our highest we have, like, is about maybe 91 or so this week, which, hey, eh, it ain't bad at the same point. It's not like with some other places around the United States having over 100-degree temperatures, which, oh yeah, can't fuck that.
1: <laughs> we're, we're. I mean, I know it's everybody's favorite podcast topic, but it was, like, in the 110s, the uh, beginning of the week, and... <sighs> Let me tell you, having a truck with no with no AC for one of those days, not a good time.
0: Dude. Not a good time. I hope you had a lot of fluids and stuff that you're keeping track oh, of. Oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I drank a shit ton of water that day. It was it was coming out of me as fast as it was going in me, though. Mm-hmm. So.
0: That was me, is. like, on Wednesday, because uh, moving around, because part of my work, part of my job is I have to move around constantly, going up and down stairs, taking people's stuff, and, like... Uh, going through auditing stuff and doing all sorts of various other stuff. And let me tell you, it's like I was sweating so profusely because of the humidity and all that stuff. It doesn't also help matters that this past week has been a lot of wildfire stuff going on in the state of Washington yeah. to where we were getting a lot of smoke and smog from Yakima, Washington that was filterating over towards the west. So the past three days have had the smoke layer on top of everything. That's kind of made things harder to breathe outside for some bit, so yeah, I had to wear my mask, my masks a couple of different times throughout this week, and yeah, it's it's just something I had to deal with though. But other than that, though, I'm fairly glad I was able to go through and play some bit of games this week. A little bit of spoilers, it's like yeah, I've been playing mostly one game this week, but yeah, we will go a little yeah. bit more the detail with that when it comes to that. But I will say, listeners, it is a smorgasbord of news this week. There has been so much shit happening in regards, not just with Microsoft, but also with Nintendo 2. And also, we got bits of MB like MPD stuff to go forth and report on. It's definitely a fulfilled episode. So without further ado, let us go and get into the quick hitters first before we get into the meat and potatoes of the course. So, mm-hmm. first things first. Something near and dear to me? Pokemon. Pokemon Presents is going to be happening sometime next week. And I believe it's like, what was it? August 18th at around 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it's going to be on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Basically, this is going to cover the three games. Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and also Pokemon RKS. And it's going to be interesting because we haven't heard anything in regards to the remasters of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl since they were initially announced on top of Pokemon Arceus. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to go through and get into with that regards. Like uh, how much more improvement has went into the look of these games in general because a lot of hype has been surrounded Pokemon Arceus, especially because its own stylings are kind of vastly different than what the turn-based RPGs that the classic game series is but tyler what do you have to what do you think about this though
1: um you know it's it's funny we had the nindies uh event earlier this week too and it's just like there's been a lot of buzz about and talk and stuff about you know potentially there being they're like there needs to be something here soon mm. about like a direct I, I i think a lot of people and myself included were like there's there's got to be a direct here soon because like you know there's Pokemon games coming out soon, and we haven't heard. Like you said, we haven't heard anything about these fucking things since like was it March when they announced them? Um, it's been a while. And there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of indie games that they've talked about that are supposed to be coming out this year that we haven't heard anything about. We've, obviously, that's been clear now. So um, I don't know what, going on with the Pokemon thing though. Like I'm definitely like we. I think we're we're not. We were talking about this not too long ago about like how it's like we like is that what's going on with Arceus? Like that game is coming. Like I know like they they need to focus on you know diamond and pearl but it's like mm-hmm. 6 two what 6 weeks 2 months later we have the big one is it's very weird where it's just like this pokemon game that's coming soon uh the the, the one's coming first it just seems like so inconsequential yes because arceus is like right behind it but maybe this is a chance for them like the to really showcase this one and like give us a reason to be excited and um sell us on it because i know like a lot of people were like hot and cold on the on the look of it um like i didn't i mean i i played it back in the day this is the one on the ds wasn't it
0: um let's see yes diamond and pearl was the ones on the original nintendo ds
1: okay yeah uh, i could i played i remember i remember playing this one i just could not remember if it was game boy advance or not but um i remember playing it back in the day and i was just like but that, I mean, I was the guy that jumped out after two and then coming back in. It's like, wait, we're all I don't know who these fuckers are. Where's where's <laughs> all the ones I like? They're gone. <laughs> so I was like, I, there's less excitement for me to get into this. You know, as someone that was, you know, like uh, if you listen to for us to me for a long time or for a long time, you know, that like I love Pokemon. The older Pokemon games uh, fell out hard and then jump back in with X and Y, uh, and then you know, middling success for, for me. As far as you know, these mainline Pokemon games go with the remakes and the new ones, um, but uh, like I, you know, like I really liked Sword and Shield, but like uh, Sun and Moon didn't really do anything for me. Uh, but I, you know, I'm really excited to see like kind of if there's anything else to these, what they're going to do with it. Uh, the big thing though is like I just wonder how they're going to balance it because like the, the problem is is like we're all like really excited. Like the one we all want to know the most about is Arceus, but it's mm. like they got it's a balancing act where they really got to like. Maybe they don't really have to sell us. I mean, it's Pokemon. It's going to fucking sell no matter what. No but shit. it's like to really get those like numbers over the, you know, over the edge or over like over the top, whatever you want to say that maybe that they want to get that 15, 20 million, 15 million mark that you know we've been seeing with like all, a lot of successful switch games. Like maybe they, this is like really selling us on diamond and Pearls is, is what they need to do. I think for, for like the less, um, maybe for the more hardcore, I don't know. I feel like casually would be fine um people like me i guess they're on the edge uh but i mean really the the big thing is just like what the fuck is going on with arceus like we we talk about okay this game is the game that when we were kids this is the game we wanted to play yeah and this is their breath of the wild they that trailer was as breath of the wild as you can get without being breath of the wild like they they had the music cues like the way it was shot uh, as a director like with directional with the camera everything it was shot like it was Breath of the Wild. They wanted to give you that vibe, but that game was like, I'm like, okay, this game, the idea of this game looks really cool. The What we saw, though, the way it ran did not look great. Right, so the was presentation like,
0: was good, but at the same time, the execution was sort of lacking, and you could evidently see it inside of the gameplay footage where there were some chugging and frame rates at points. Yeah. There were some bit of inconsistencies in regards to the character models and the environments, especially the yeah. environments are not as fleshed out. Now, we weren't expecting, like, say, like, 4K visuals or something like that. I mean, come on, the no. Switch can only hold, like, 1080p at this point. But at the same point, it's like... I don't even, like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's just okay. like... um, I was, I was talking about this, like, not too long ago with, like, when, when they had the OLED thing come out. I was like, I don't need nor want 4K. I don't even really give a shit about 1080p. Just give me a solid 30 on some of these games. A 60 would be great, but if I could just get a solid 30, and that's been a struggling issue with, with the Switch... For a while now, going back to Breath of the Wild, that launch game, uh, and like, how the fuck is this game? And like, we all after we, after this Arceus Legend game was like, we were all like, okay, that basically confirms we're getting a Switch Pro before January. We we're all like on board, like okay, like you know, like this game can't come out without a new Switch, and it's like unless they like announce like, which is very possible, they announce that it's getting delayed, but it's like I don't, how far back are they going to delay this thing? And then also like how soon is it if is that switch pro may or may not come out and i i don't i don't foresee i think coming out before next october um the if switch pro if it does actually come out next year which i don't think it will but i don't know i mean maybe the, i just want to be i just want to know more about that game that game is so like breath of what like breath of wild 2 and pokemon arceus um are in like my like holy trinity of like what the fuck's going on with these games? Not even like I, these are any of the games I'm most excited to play. I was like, what are these games? What are they going to do? It's like mm. those two and then God of War Ragnarok. Those are my holy trinity of like, what the fuck is this game? What are we going to do? I just show me it. Um, so I mean, like I don't know that Arceus is pretty much a day one buy for me already. Mm. Even though, yeah. like I said, I was not impressed by the the technical aspects of this thing. But right. yeah, like I mean, you're the you're the hardcore Pokemon guy. So I mean, my interest is more like we're like how excited are you with like because like, i'm like i'm struggling to like gauge the interest level for a lot of people with like the diamond and pearl games because like, like for like myself like i see a lot of people like they're completely out on the game i see a lot mm-hmm. of people that are like you know oh i'm i'm in no matter what I, those are my favorite ones and i see some people that are like i I didn't like those ones i just this like diamond pro just seems like it's all over the map so i'm as someone, like, Yeah, that's like the hardcore. Where are you at with this thing?
0: All right. So when it comes to my thoughts about the Diamond and Pearl remakes and stuff, from what I've initially seen, you know, I was definitely going to be on board regardless. Because here's the thing: it's a remaster of my one of my favorite generations of Pokemon, the Diamond and Pearl Platinum, like uh, that Trinity of games that were on the DS. Because it had some of them, some of the most strongest like uh, sense of like Elite Four champion battles and stuff inside of the entire game's series, in my honest opinion. And on top of that, I mean, it has a couple of my favorite starters, like Jim Char, especially Jim Char, man, it's like that inside of the original Diamond and Pearl releases, that Pokemon and stuff was the only type of fire type you could get before, like, going later on in the game. I didn't know that at the time, when I was picking Turtwig and stuff, and it's like, but uh, overall, I'm going to buy the games regardless, like, brilliant diamond possibly shining pearl if like the remasters are good but i'm cautiously optimistic about what's going to be shown in regards to this whole pokemon like a presents thing because i want to see what has come along we've seen little snippets of recent screenshots when the switch oled was unveiled so there were some touch-ups in regards to the pokemon remasters that we saw but at the same point you know i'm just being cautiously optimistic about it but mm. uh that's for that. But for Pokemon Arceus, I'm seeing a whole bunch of different excitement things going along the round, you know. It's like some people some people are really excited about it and others are kind of nihilistic about it. But in my honest opinion, it's like it's this Pokemon Arceus, it's something new. It's something that I am fairly interested in seeing the execution of. I'm more or less interested in seeing how this game is going to keep my attention in regards to the gameplay aspect, whether it's just more than say we're going on and just battling random Pokemon across the field. I kind of want to see how they go forth with their battle system stuff elaborate over the extended period of time. Cause the most important parts of those type of action RPGs is you have to be engaged fully in order for you to fully invest inside of like a 10 or 20 hour experience. So it's going to be interesting to seeing a little bit more in, in aspect of what is going to be presented come next week but uh okay for pokemon stuff that's fine but let's go into delve into something a little bit different i know mm-hmm. for a fact tyler you're not really too much of a big fan of like anime stuff i'm sort of a little bit more in regards to like anime stuff but i thought this was kind of interesting over the past week where sony the company sony invested 1.1 billion dollars in acquiring Crunchyroll, and the reason why a lot of people are kind of, like, uh, making this a big deal is because Sony also owns Funimation, and Funimation is the key dubbing of, like, a lot of the various popular animes and stuff over the past, like, what, 15, 20 years or something like that, the Western distribution side of it, and so with the acquisition of Crunchyroll, there's another platform that could potentially lead into Sony doing a couple different options here, like, there was a big old rumor fooling around this week that they may, that Sony may introduce a premium, like another premium PlayStation Plus service, which may include Crunchyroll. Now, thinking mm. about that, thinking about that off the top of my head, it's like, okay, first off, the acquisition and stuff, I understood that this was going to be happening months in advance for what they did announce because I was hearing rumblings, I was watching videos and stuff about potentially Time Warner the company that owned Crunchyroll and owns rooster teeth and all this stuff they wanted to try to get rid of like a lot of these different companies and stuff to try to make up the debt that they that they've had for acquiring a lot of these different companies over the past like couple of years. So this deal from what I understood was initially supposed to be happening before the pandemic happened and so mm. it didn't fall through up until this past year. And on top of that, they were investigated in regards to whether or not they could potentially do this. Because a lot of the major concerns about this acquisition in general was because of people not only were feeling that this may be a monopoly in terms of anime, how it's presented in the West. Which Sony, to be perfectly honest, Sony has been known over the past few years now to be censoring a lot of like various portions of say their games or upon like the Western presentation of certain like animated stuff. Obviously, there are some hardcore fans that are really... Are really feeling like against Funimation in general because they have inserted some of their own like uh, some of their own like uh, political correctness stuff inside of the content that they have been dubbing, and especially in terms of some of the dialogue has been edited and creating like kind of like creating like this dynamic and stuff to where it's sort of anti-consumer and all this. And yes, there's plenty of worry worry from the fan base in general about this acquisition of Crunchyroll. But uh, at the same point, I look at it the way where Sony acquired this thing for a reason, and I feel like they're going to go potentially have Crunchyroll as sort of part of a premium service on top of like some other some other incentives. Like my initial thought when they did acquire Crunchyroll was, okay, let's combine, let's do like a premium service here. We include PlayStation Now, maybe Crunchyroll, and then the play online and all the PlayStation Plus perks have like a premium tier, and instead of paying like sixty dollars a year they'll probably do more like a game pass sort of thing where it's like okay maybe you pay like a hundred dollars a year then here's what you get yeah you know, that's my thought but what are your thoughts Tyler?
1: I, um you know I've, yeah, like you said i'm not up top i'm not anime is not my thing um but yeah like I, I i think this is kind of like we we're seeing this people are like they are this it's a it's a content war right now everybody's trying to like mm-hmm get as much stuff as they can i mean this is this goes across this is video games movies streaming services everything like everybody's just trying to get as much shit as they can we're all building our war chests right now and um you know and you know having more and more of these things and also being able to find ways to charge more money for people obviously so like I think it's actually kind of a good idea. I think it's like, I think they said the crunch rule has about 5 million users, yep. um, 120 million registered people, which we hear about that a lot of times where like this thing might not be uh, like, we, we, well, there was like the rumors about like a discord might get bought by Microsoft or stuff like that, where it's like if that thing's losing money. Like they're not turning a profit on it, but Mike what, what interests Microsoft isn't in the part with like, they're like, Oh, we're not, we're going to make a ton of money on this. It's like getting those people that are on your service, into our network now like now they're right. in our uh sphere and this i think this you know it's just more of an idea that we're like Crunchyroll probably doing really well for itself i mean i don't know i don't know i don't know obviously we don't know their like profit margins but i got to assume five million people for something like i don't know anime is huge but it's not it's not netflix you know but like it you know that's that's pretty good for them and i gotta imagine like they see that five million people and it's like well hell there's probably a lot of people that That have a PlayStation that you know we can that don't have Crunchyroll or don't even know what Crunchyroll is, and like we can integrate that into our consoles that we have 120 million plus of out there, and then you know get more people in our you know in our sphere, and that's I think it's really great idea. I I like what you said. Like we're maybe I don't know how they're gonna do all this, how it's gonna work out. Like it's kind of it'd be kind of weird if they just had like. Uh, for ten dollars more a year, you can get, or twenty dollars more a year, you get Crunchyroll, for, you know, and and your PlayStation Plus. For eighty dollars, you get PlayStation Plus and Crunchyroll. Like, but I like the idea of what you said, like where there's like, you know, we have Game Pass, but we also have Game Pass Ultimate. Um, I mean, one's ten dollars, one's fifteen dollars. So yes, um, I mean that is a what sixty dollar difference a year. I mean it's easier, to, you know, at five dollars a month than it is sixty dollars at one one shot. But like I can very easily see them have a different tier where, yeah, like I said, they have PlayStation Now. They make this PlayStation Plus Ultimate thing, mm-hmm. essentially for them. And yeah, include Now, include Crunchyroll, and if there's any other, like you said, they, Funimation, like these include all these things in, in one big bundle. I mean, it makes it easier instead of like, because I-, I wonder if PlayStation Now would work better if it was just like we paid more money per month or per year, but it was like all in one thing where it's like Cause like you look at your when you look at your car like your credit card statement or you look at your bills and you see these monthly, all you see four different monthly charges. Yep. It, say they're five dollars a piece. It's like oh okay I'm gonna cut this one I'm gonna cut this one I don't you know whatever. But if you had one charge for twenty dollars a month, it's even though it's the same amount of money in your head it's really I mean it's all dumb but it means how it is in your head it's like. Oh, okay. It's only twenty bucks. you oh, yeah, whatever. So I, I think a lot of people can think that way and it's easy you know, it's right. easier for us to handle. Or it's like my Disney Plus, like I, I don't use Disney Plus all the time. Like I watch the I, I don't watch anything Disney. I, I, I really literally watch it for like lazy days when I want to watch we watch MCU movies or the T V shows, the MCU TV shows they do. Okay. but like for the most part I'll I'll go weeks or months in between then with out without using it. But it's only, I think it's $7 a month, and it's on my its on my Verizon bill. So I don't see the charge. So to me, it's just like I i, I literally have to remind myself. I keep thinking I have Disney Plus for free, but I don't. But it's just <laughs> because it's hidden in one of the fees on my Verizon thing. I just don't think about it. It's just yeah, there. Yeah. So it's just one less thing for me. It's just these stupid mental gymnastics as, as people that we do. Excuse me as I adjust my chair here, um, you know, where uh, – you know, I, I I could see them doing that, and it makes sense to me. Where it's like, I don't know. Like the, the more I think about it, the more it's just kind of like you said makes sense. Where they're gonna have this ultimate thing that yeah, like I said maybe it's a hundred bucks a year. I don't know who knows because like PlayStation now I think is like it's like ten dollars a month or something like that. So I think is it is it ten? If you I know you gotta buy it like, um, you could you could, like you can I know you could buy like one you could do like monthly, quarterly, like a year, but right. I'm not sure how it works out. I don't, I've never I've never used a service. I don't know the price. Honestly,
0: I haven't done it like too familiarized. So we're talking about which service now? Uh, PlayStation Now. Okay, so for PlayStation Now, you can actually buy a full year of PlayStation Now for like $60, but you could. Okay. You could essentially go through month to month, but I'm not familiarized with the increments in terms of month to month. Okay. But uh, from what I understood, it's like for a year, you can pay like $60. You get access to like all the stuff that they have on there. Obviously, PS4... PS5 no PS4 games and stuff are downloadable and stuff and there are some PS3 games and stuff that are downloadable but a lot of the main PS3 games are streaming through that service which is kind of hit and miss but at the same time there are some that work fairly well from my trial and their kind of experience with it but uh yeah, you know, it's like what I was saying before, it's like you have like PlayStation Now which is still including a lot more like mm. interesting games from month to month now, no pun intended. But at the same time, yeah, having the Crunchyroll on top of like the online on top of the free perks and stuff for month and stuff and making it more of an exciting package. What I'll say is Game Pass, Microsoft with Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate in specifics have laid down a groundwork to why I feel like this is kind of like how gaming is going right now, where if you want a subscription service and you want everything tied in with all these perks and stuff, I feel like this is what Sony's going to be going down the line with as well eventually. But, uh, Uh, all right. So,
1: real fast, just to kind of finish this, um, Place just now, ten dollars a month, or you okay. could do three months for twenty-five, or like you said, for a year, it's it's uh, sixty. So,
0: all right, that's good to know, right there. I actually mm-hmm. didn't think about breaking it down like that, but uh, all right. So for our last quick hitter, we're going to be going over a little bit of the Nintendo Nindy showcase that happened recently this week. And before I go into like anything deep in regards to what to say, I'm going to go forth and kind of read from this article verbatim and stuff about what was revealed at this direct. So I'm going to go through the list of the names right here. So you have Ariel Knights and Never
1: Gables, yield. I'm going to lay it right now. I just looked at it. Yeah. I, this is the Nindy direct from April. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh, dude. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to get, gonna, like, i – I'm going a... to to
1: find it. I didn't realize – I just cl- I, I googled it just so we can have them. I watch we, we both watched it, but I, yes. I just wanted it in front of me. So <laughs> I just I googled Indie Direct, and this was the first one to pop up. August twenty. All right, all right, here. I'm all gonna, right, so I'll listeners,
0: bear with us here for a little moment, right yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna put, put, it put in the Google Doc link I and I get right back to April's little <laughs> Indie Direct. So yeah, I, I
1: just started looking at it. Like I put it in our I put it in our Google Doc there, but I just started looking at it, and I'm like wait, these games have been out for a while. <laughs> I'm like, why are these in here? Oh, then I looked yeah, at the date. It was April you, 21st.
0: Yeah, let me just tell you, listeners, it's like this Indie World Direct that we've had this past week, I feel like it was one of the stronger ones in like quite a long while. But it all started off with a game called Bomb Rush Cyber Funk. No, uh, Cyber Funk.
1: Fun. Yeah, S- no, Cyber, Cyber Funk. Funk, you're right. Okay,
0: okay. so Bomb Rush Cyber Funk, which is quite essentially like a Jet Set Radio style of game.
1: Gables, can you do me a quick favor? What? Can you, can you say Bomb Rush, Cyberfunk really fast five times?
0: I think my tongue will get twisted and my brain will fry if I do. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 Okay, so the next game that was announced right here is Tome, which is kind of an interesting one. And then mm-hmm. next you have the official announcement of a game that was on Steam this past like a year or some, Loop Hero. It made It's making its way onto the Nintendo Switch.
1: They had like uh, a weird Among Us bump last year, where it yes got all this just out of nowhere was huge, for like a month or two. And I mean, yeah. I know the game's still big, like Among Us is still big, but the, that it just kind of popped up out of no fucking where and it was huge.
0: Yes, the next game that was announced was Far Changing Tides. Yeah, Far Changing Tides. It's a sequel mm-hmm. to the uh, previous game in their series, which is Far Lone Sails let's see after that was a kind of a weird kind of game when regards to coffee and that's necro barista final four (laughs) i gotta say man it's like the concepts for a lot of these indie games they're fairly unique i will say Mm -hmm. that i mean hell there are a lot of nuanced stuff but yeah the next one we have is garden story and after the garden story here was the announcement of a one that kind of threw me off a loop and it's called boyfriend dungeon
1: yeah, this was the one, this one stood out to me quite a bit. I, I, I'm actually, this one, I'm, this is the one I'm most interested in coming out of it.
0: Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a dungeon crawling roguelike, like with the mechanics and stuff. And also part dating sim. That's, that's yeah, a really interesting combination.
1: You date your weapons.
0: God damn, man. That's like an interesting concept. <laughs> it's. It, I just kept
1: thinking, it's like, what's that? what was that weird pigeon dating game you played?
0: It's called How to Full Boyfriend. That was a Devolver digital game
1: that but it's fucking goddamn hades (laughs) but instead of sexy gods it's sexy swords
0: (laughs) yes most most certainly it is sexy swords in this case in scenario but very sexy swords what was announced after that and stealth dropped the same day out of nowhere axiom verge 2 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: axiom verge 2 this is the prequel to the original game and let me tell you From what I've been hearing, this game is fairly good. So I do recommend, if you're a fan of the series, pick this one up. It's definitely worth a play from what I've been hearing. I will eventually go through and play a little bit of that sooner or later. But another announcement, which was a very big surprise, was from The Makers of Shovel Knight, which is Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. And this is a fairly interesting game. It's part kind of like an action game, but it's like a puzzle game. Dude, it's... It's fairly unique. Definitely give a little bit of the gameplay footage some love because it's, it's to be seen to believe. That's for sure. And another, oh, one and I was... guess you can
1: if for uh, real quick here. Um, it's coming. It's going to come to other things. I think it's just like exclusive to Switch for right now, like a time exclusive. Um, yeah, but there you can actually use the Shovel Knight amiibo. Um, any of them uh, can be used um, in the game. It oh, it doesn't say here where it does. Okay. Though. Yeah. Oh, you got to use... If you use the Shovel Knight Amiibo, you can play head-to-head multiplayer locally.
0: Hmm. Okay, that's, that's an interesting lame. feature to lock behind the Amiibo, but still. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse.
1: It could be fast travel. But, but, yeah,
0: yeah, that's very true, too. But uh, the next one I'll announce after that is the console edition of Islanders, which is quintessentially kind of like, hey, you want to build a couple of islands, or you want to kill, build like a couple of like settlements or something like that, just off the cuff and chill like, then this is the game for you. That's quintessentially the, the, that's pretty much me paraphrasing the trailer, which that's exactly the vibe that I got from it. And then next, we had more on Metal Slug tactics, and Tyler, let me tell you, you know, when it was initially announced, I thought that okay, this is an interesting take. I could get used to the whole aspect of action game like metal slug having a tactical thing but when i looked at this footage i i was fairly impressed i honestly was fairly impressed
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no me too like i you know honestly the the everything looked interesting in that game looks like i'd really like the game besides the metal slugs part (laughs) honestly like i think i really liked that game i was like i'm like oh this game looks kind of cool like it looks like uh, like, like if we weren't getting Advance Wars or like later this year, this would be like, oh, okay, someone just made their version of Advance Wars in 2021. That's what it looks like, and then I saw Metal Slug. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I am like 30 percent less interested now. I'm still so interested, but i it's 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 dwindling.
0: <laughs> but the announcement after that was Tetric, Tetris Effect Connected is coming to Nintendo Switch. So, that one I think it had been released previously on other platforms. Yeah, but,
1: I think it's yeah. it's like on everything else right now.
0: Okay. Okay. Then after...
1: was that was that the one more thing? The the one last thing wasn't Tetris mm, effect that. I'm or no, not East, sure.
0: Eastward was. Eastward was. Eastward was. But well, we'll get to that in just one moment right here cuz we had a little bit of a sizzle reel here which we had like a couple of games that were announced which was one of them was like a Astroneer in January 2022, 100 Days, wine winemaking simulator. There you go. For those that are chilling at home and thinking about wine, you can actually go forth and make wine for yourself digitally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best kind. 2021, yes. And then another stealth drop was Slime Rancher Plortable Edition. And that's exactly what it's called, the Plortable Edition.
1: Gables, I got to just talk about this. I... I don't. I know. I've seen trailers of the game Slime yeah. Rancher. I uh, um. I've seen it at multiple events. I just hate this game. Oh yeah. For very dumb reasons, and it's because <laughs> I had a coworker years ago when it first yeah. like came the like when it first came out on it was like one of like Xbox early access and Steam early access, and he would just never shut the fuck up about this goddamn game oh. for months. Months, Gables. Months, Gables. He talked about this fucking game. Oh man. And I just, I inherently hate this game now because of this <laughs> one coworker. And I just, every time I see it, I just think of that. I think of the coworker, and I'm like, God damn! I don't want to. I don't. I didn't like the guy. And I hate this game almost as much as I do. I don't like that guy. And it's, not, it's not because of, I don't like dislike the guy because it's Slime Rancher. I just disliked the guy beforehand. And now he liked this thing. So now I just dislike... The, he also liked Metal Gear Survive. And we had several arguments about Metal, Metal Gear Survive. Because um, he... he oh, I don't want to get into it, Gables. Yes, I do. I'm going to get into it. Uh, oh, my God. He would... He told me... He would argue with me Hideo Kojima didn't work on Metal Gear Solid Five. Gables, how many? Every, his name is literally everywhere in that fuck. Every time you start a new uh, mission, it's story written by Hideo Kojima, directed by Hideo Kojima. Uh, graphics Hideo Kojima level design Hideo Kojima. you would have thought the motherfucker made that game by himself he is in there so he is so proud of himself he puts him I love Hideo Kojima everybody knows that but he puts his name he's, he lets you fucking know a million times in that game that right. he, he made that fucking game we know he made that game and this son of a bitch kept saying oh he didn't work on that thing no he fucking did it or yes he fucking did I'm so mad I can't talk right now <laughs> yes he did he fucking did we know he did it's, it's everywhere. It's on the fucking cover. Hideo Kojima presents Metal Gear Solid V, Phantom Pain. God damn. Fuck. Fuck this game. Fuck Slime Ranchers. Fuck Metal Gear Solid 5. Fuck that coworker too.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Slime Rancher definitely <laughs> brings up a PTSD in Tyler. Anyway. Mm.
1: <laughs> now you bring up PT. Thanks a lot. Now, you, now I'm even <laughs> sorry.
0: Unintentional, but that was still hilarious either way. Anyway, the other part of this sizzle reel that was announced was a game called Lumberjack. Lumberjack.
1: Get this it? is not. This is you are um, a hairy gay man working in a in a uh, gay bar.
0: No, actually, this is a <laughs> this is a lumberjack. That's a bear that's chopping down trees. But yeah, good no, guess okay. though.
1: <laughs> Damn. Well, I was interested, and now I'm not. So.
0: Okay. The other game right here is Curious Expedition Expedition Two, which was a stealth drop on that. Uh, after the direct was over then the other one coming to fall 2021 is called gang beasts
1: yeah
0: and Which then closing been out for like four years and obviously closing out was the tra- launch trailer for eastward and let me tell you something tyler from the initial looks of this game and from the initial vibe i'm getting do not sleep on eastward I have yeah. a sneaking suspicion that this is going to be a game that people are going to be talking about in youth game of the year contendership, and yeah. it's by made by Chucklefish, but at the same time, Chucklefish has been responsible for other like um, fantastic games previously. But it has that sort of feel like like some of the classic games from back in our youth. Like I'm talking about like stories, say like from Earthbound, the way it looks, or like from Final Fantasy. Some of those like those aspects of some of those old JRPGs that we grew up playing or maybe knew about but at the same time it has that potential to get it up to like another level with that but at the same time until we go forth and play a game of that sort it can't really tell for sure but at the same time this game is a timed Switch exclusive that launches September 16th That's soon that's less than a month away, Quinn, essentially. and I'm getting pretty excited for it. I...
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like overall, though, what, like I'm, you know, outside, of, I know Eastward. You talked about like anything. Like, is there anything else that I, like you're looking at? Like, these are like for sure. I'm checking out or besides that, or
0: all right. So the things I. The things that I actually felt like I was gonna be going forth and checking out for myself, other than like say Eastward and stuff, I think I think Mental Slick Tactics has actually done enough for me where I feel like I wanna go forth and invest a bit of time in playing that game. Especially since it kind of gives me that sort of a vibe between like uh, fire the fire emblem and sort of like uh, XCOM sort of feel where it's like you get a whole bunch of different environments that change in regards to what type of moves you make. Another game that kind of like has my interest is like the Tetris effects, like connected and stuff. Sure, it's available on other platforms, but at the same time, I kind of like the idea of having it portable, playing in my bed, you know, because quintessentially that's what I'm doing with my Switch nowadays. It's like, if I'm not going to doctor's appointments and carrying that thing with me, I'm pretty much playing in bed. <laughs> but uh, other than that... Oh, come on, stupid video. <laughs> it's funny, I <laughs> went through I my thumb and I clicked on a video of a mistake for this thing. Other than that, though, the Shovel Knight. Yeah, that Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, dude. I mean, I love my puzzle games. I mean, it's, if you've listened to this podcast now for quite a long while, I love my fair share of puzzle games. I played through Panel the Pond, that game that was on the Switch's, like, Super NES app and stuff. I played through games like Puyo Puyo Tetris, like, freaking, all these, all these puzzle games, you know, it's like, even like, like, uh, gosh, what was that thing? Tetris Attack for Super Nintendo. I played bits of stuff. So, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, I love my fair share of puzzle games, and this definitely has that type of vibe where I would enjoy this heavily. But Axiom Verge 2, that is the number one game right at the moment where I want to get into and I want to play, because from what I've been hearing, it's been getting good accolades, it's getting other types of good comparisons and stuff, and I'm fairly interested, since that was a stealth drop, and and we didn't know beforehand if this game would even release this year. So it's like, yeah, that's definitely the game that uh, I feel like is on the horizon right now. I want to play.
1: Nice. Yeah, for me, like I said, my Boyfriend Dungeon looks interesting. Looks cool. Um, I want to check that one out. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know what the price is on that one. I know it's out now. It's a Shadow Drop, um, but I do want to at least check it out. It looks, you know, like I said, it gives me a Hades 5. But I guess also Hades is is on Game Pass, so it's like even though I bought the game on Switch again, it's like now I'm like, fuck, man, I kind of want to go back and play that game again um but uh the only other one that really stood out to me like i there was nothing that, like that's that's what's so difficult about some of these like these indie events is like it's so much like what like these games are so like specific for people or like yes you know you there's a bunch of these i've watched like these indie events where like nothing stuck out to me but i've seen people like like you or like other people like oh i love that or, there's been times where i'm like that was there's like five games out there i want to play and then you hear online it's like in eh, that one uh, and this one really was like Boyfriend Dungeon, and then um, uh, Toham was the other one. Uh, it's like the black and white uh, game that uh, like you're just wandering around. You got you're taking pictures and stuff. It gives me like very much like oh yeah yeah. It gave me vibes of like a short hike that I played last year, which okay. was my I think it was number three. Is my th- my number three game of the year last year? Uh, just I, I love that game. Love the vibe of the game. Love the story of the characters of that game. And which by like, the two- way.
0: Which, by the way, you know, short hike. It is available on the PlayStation Store front, in case you guys want to check that out as oh, well.
1: Yes, yes, it is. It, yeah, because it came on PC, I think, at the beginning of last year. Then, last it came. It was a, It was a. It was just like because uh, I think there's a indie event every March and August is how it usually works out. Um, and it was a Shadow drop last August for uh, Switch and, and Now you're yeah. right. Thank you for. I think it must have only been like it must be like a, a one year exclusivity thing because yeah, it's on. I guess yeah. PlayStation now. Um, I think it's it's like less than ten bucks, so yeah, I would it's yeah. it's a fantastic game. But like what, this tome, um, you know, like I didn't know anything about Short Hike until I saw the trailer for it last year, and same thing with tome. And after I watched it, I'm like, it's definitely giving the, those that kind of vibes. That looks like a, a really great game. Or like I thought, like you know, Short Hike was like that perfect game I needed last year for like, you know, COVID was bad, obviously for everybody, but it was like, and everybody was like, oh man, Animal Crossing is like really helping, like mental health and just killing time and like kind of zoning out in the world and like animal (laughs) Crossing is not my game but for like two hours when i played a short hike that game like gave me like the feeling i think that people get um putting hundreds of hours in the animal crossing and i see tome and i kind of get those same vibes so i kind of i definitely want to check it out but it doesn't come out i think it's just got a fall release date but that that was the other game that really stood out to me
0: all right we are done with our quick hitters and now let's go ahead and get into the main one hour forums. in. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. Our quick hitters became our like interesting topics in regards to that stuff. But Hey, that's fine. We are yeah. a contra- Like uh, we are definitely a conversational podcast with that stuff, but let's go ahead and open up the rumor mills because this next topic that I'm going to go through and, and like uh, talk about and stuff is definitely going to be filed under rumors. So this past week, There was an interview with an English voice actor, like this uh, English voice actress and stuff for Xenoblade Chronicles, actually, by the name of Jenna Coleman, who claims, and I'm going to be paraphrasing this article that I'm going to be reading right here, so Jenna Coleman claims that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is not only in development, but is already in the final stages of production and approaching release the report adds that the game was originally meant to be revealed in 2021, but has been pushed back by a combination of pandemic-related bottlenecks and optimization issues. It estimates that the game could arrive as early as the first half of 2022, though that timeline and other details are subject to change. So, from this in mind, and also from the interviews and stuff, it's like, I could potentially see... Nintendo definitely like going into a Xenoblade Chronicles Xenoblade Chronicles three. It definitely paints like a good picture right at the moment. I mean, the definitive edition of the original Xenoblade Chronicles sold pretty well. Xenoblade Chronicles two, that game is kind of hard to find in physical form right now, but that game sold fairly well, you know, when it launched and has a lot of different followers and a lot of different people love playing that game, especially. And, uh, if from the what we heard from the English voice actress and stuff like that, this definitely holds some bit of validity in regards to that because you are having an interview with somebody that is in the know in regards to like the whole aspect of like the Xenoblade sort of like English dubbing sort of thing of the game. But uh, so I kind of feel like that even though this is a rumor and stuff, there are some things that hold merit to what uh, she has to go forth initially says about it. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I kind of feel like that this is kind of going to the point where I feel like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 potentially could be real, and that Nintendo is obviously like the the article was saying, you know, waiting until possibly 2022 to go forth and maybe unveil what the game is. Mm. The Xenoblade Chronicles is definitely one of their more popular series that's up and rising, in my honest opinion especially since you have, like, new characters introduced inside Smash, and so, like, Mithra and stuff, and, like, Pyra and stuff from 2. But, uh, Tyler, what what do you think? Do you think this game is, like, initially real?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you just kind of look at, like, where Xenoblade has, where it's it was, like, on the Wii and the Wii U, where, like, it was there, and, I mean, there was definitely an audience for it, but you, you know, just like anything on the Switch, like, it blew up on there, and was, I think um, there was the the Xenoblade Chronicles, the the Wii remaster we had a couple of years ago, uh, I think that one sold, like, 3 million copies, which was, like, the best-selling one ever. Yes. Uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles 2, is that the one that, the the, the new one that's on Switch? Yeah, um, Xenoblade
0: Chronicles 2 did release on Switch, it was, I believe, in 2017, if I'm Yeah, you,
1: yeah, yeah, it was, like, uh, yeah, you're right, it was, like, a launch year thing. Uh, and that one was like also a um like a, a all time bestseller for them. So right. I mean, like just like I mean, it's, it's just like where Nintendo is right now with everything. Everything these releases breaks records. But I mean, I I think that game just kind of like you see how like like Monster Hunter with Monster Hunter World, like that like that game always had an audience, but like it blew up with World, and you see like Monster Hunter Rise is like on Switches sold over five million copies like in the first right. month. Um, I think we can potentially see that with, like, Xenoblade where with, with Monolith Soft, and, like, they've proven, like, the people that like those games love those games, and, I mean, they're not my thing, but it totally makes sense, I don't know what else, I know they did the remaster, we know they, they're they working, they're helping Nintendo with Breath of the Wild 2, because they, they helped with the yes. first one, um, but I'm sure that's not the whole team, they probably have i'm sure it's a side team that's helping them work on it or it's you know it's what they are like they're not it's not all hands on deck on that one right now so it makes sense and what i think it's been two three three years probably since uh we had the remaster it's been four years since we had the xenoblade chronicles three so it makes or two yes. i mean so it makes yeah. sense um fun fact also about jenna coleman uh huge crush on her for many years uh i name my uh, i named my first car after her uh, her character <laughs> from doctor who <laughs> uh she is uh I, I i still have her she's right out the out the window uh my first car not jenna coleman uh <laughs> and, um, i just want to make sure i state that for the record um but yeah she uh she, um yeah i always I, my, my first car is named claire because of her um but uh yeah so I mean, it makes sense and i there's definitely she probably uh, broke some uh some contracts she signed I mean, she even said, "Like, I'm not sure if I'm let, if I'm supposed to say that or not." So, definitely tells you that something's going on with them. So, I mean, the fact that like the voice, I mean, we don't obviously we don't know the, the total inter, you know intricacies of how the game development works, but I imagine if you have already worked, if you're working with the voice actors, you probably have already done a decent amount of work on that thing. Yeah. Not to say it's it's gonna be out in the next nine months, but uh, I think it definitely. I think we'll definitely hear about the game sooner rather than later, but we also see where, um, you know, since COVID's happening. Excuse me, had a burp there. That was going to puke. Oh, Ooh. The hangover's not doing great. Oh, boy. The beer's not helping the hangover either. Who would have thought that? <laughs> uh, but, um, we, you know, we see with COVID where people are like, games that are already announced, we're not hearing about them. They're not getting that long leeway like they used to have. Um, where like where there are much shorter timelines where like they're not gonna hear about constantly delays or we're not gonna talk about this game five times. We're gonna like we're gonna talk about it. It's it's and then you know it's gonna it's gonna be out, you know. We we feel really confident about this date and um I, I think that's probably what's gonna happen. Like in in Nintendo, usually when their games come out, their games have been done for months. Yeah. Um like we hear about like Pikmin three when that came out, that game had been done for like two years and they were just waiting for like a dead period to release it. So, um, I'm not yeah. saying they're Xenoblade, I'm not saying Chronicles Three is probably done, but I won't be surprised if that game's done soon, and then you know it's sitting on a, it's sitting there on a disc for six months before it's finally put out.
0: Well, let me just say before we move on to our next topic that I hope that Xenoblade Chronicles is a th- is a th- Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a thing, pardon me, and I also hope that eventually they will remaster Xenoblade Chronicles X from the Wii U onto the Switch, because that is also a game I would love to play on the Switch. But now let's go into another topic right here, because there's another announcement by another video game company, and that was Microsoft, and they announced that their Gamescom conference is going to be happening, and so quintessentially from the details that I've been getting here from comicbook.com here, it's like, The stream is specifically set for August 24th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, and will be hosted by Gamertag Radio's Paris Lilly and Kate Yeager. Now, the exact details of what's going to be shown inside there remains to be seen, but what I'm hoping is that they are going to be a little bit more in-depth things on Microsoft First Parties. I'm more or less excited to see more of this, maybe seeing more of the next Forza Horizon. Because I do like the Forza Horizon games in that regards, but uh, my overall expectations for this like uh, Gamescom thing, I mean, it's it's fairly moderate. I'm more or less going to be excited if I see something interesting in regards to like first party content that Microsoft's going to be going through and potentially showing or maybe announcing. I mean, hell, and possibly day in date with Game Pass because that'd be cool too. <laughs> but uh, how about you, Tyler?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm definitely looking forward to this I mean, it's, it's I we talk about Microsoft I think was the, the 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 bell of the ball at e3 this year Yes. Uh, where we've seen them for years try to hit like they come out with like you know I, I talk about all the time where it's like they come out we have the most games ever for an e3 press conference of all but it's like okay I don't remember any of those games talks about you talk about 90 games literally and I don't like I don't remember any of them uh, and this year they focus on 30. 27 of which were Game Pass games, and we we're bl- they focus they did a great job focusing on those games, uh, and really hammering home how, Game Pass how great of a deal it is, and you know you you know it's it, they I think their last there, there's definitely been like a groundswell for years with with Xbox, and I think honestly for a lot of people like just reading you know the internet vibes I guess I mean, obviously my my corner isn't everybody has their own corners but like mine isn't everything but like. There's a big shift in my like my online friends. where like, we were Xbox 360 people. Then we totally were PlayStation 4 people. And then for the last, you know, we were all like, oh, we're definitely all getting PS5s. And then after E3 happened, uh, like my like most of my friends group turned into, X, like I'm trying to get a Series S or I'm trying to get a Series X instead of like you know, instead of like trying to get a PS five or they already have a PS five, but had no interest in the Xbox series console. And then they got one of those. So it's, it's great. You know, that they have that and it's great to see, like hopefully there's enough here to kind of keep them that momentum going. They did say though, in the thing that they're only talking about games that have already been announced. That doesn't mean that they might not announce something that already has been, like I said, already been announced, but it's not never been said it's coming to the game pass. So this could be that I wouldn't be shocked if we at least get a halo date. Um, I I mean it's they say it's coming this holiday, so you gotta imagine I mean we are that's late August, so you gotta imagine that things gonna be out late November, December sometime. So they gotta give yeah. that a date. Um, you know Forza, I, I'm it's on I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say I'm sold on it because I already have the service it's gonna be on. But it's like I'm I'm already gonna check that game out. But yeah, I wanna see more from that. Um you know, I just want to see more from like what's wasn't cool like day and date shit they're gonna have like you know we know Back for Blood's coming. There's been the rumor for a while that Battlefield 2042 was gonna be a Game Pass day one game. Like I could see that being there. That's mentioned yep. in the thing about you know Battlefield 2042, and that was at their E3 press conference. Maybe they're gonna show uh, show some more off of that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for this. I can't wait for this. Uh, I mean, I just like I hope it, I hope they keep the 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 this um, good vibes going uh, because. I mean I just it's, it's awesome that when everybody's doing great. Right now all three consoles are doing great. They do the, the biggest issue with them is just they can't make make Um but another thing, I like there's like the gunk is supposed to come out this year. That's the image of four people that made world Dig two yeah. and stuff like that. That game's supposed to come out this year. Obviously that was said that last year, but they we haven't heard anything about it in over a year now. Um obviously COVID could affect that being an out this year, but it's like that's a game that, that wasn't announced at um uh E3 or wasn't talking about E3 Uh, we, um, hellblade maybe I don't, but I don't, I think hellblade that game's like two years away, but, uh, I I think it's probably, I'm I'm hoping it's just like short, like shit that's coming out the rest of the year, the next six months kind of stuff. Like I I always like those more. Like, it's always awesome to have that badass like hype moment, but the game's like three years away, but like I, I, for like these smaller events, like I don't, the gamescom isn't the E3 isn't their big thing. Um, you know, this is, you know, maybe like just focusing on this is the cool shit you're going to get out of us for the next six months and uh, here's more reasons to be excited so yeah I'm, I'm pumped
0: oh yeah so go on to the next topic after that more of the rumor mill is churning because in this sort of topic and stuff this comes from a report from Kotaku so definitely have this with a grain of salt if you will and the report is that Rockstar Games is reportedly remastering the grand theft auto trilogy so grand theft auto trilogy on the playstation 2 is what i'm referring to so gta 3 vice city and san andreas so quintessentially so quintessentially there's going to be other games are going to be explored eventually in this sort of like report so possibly maybe red dead redemption or whatsoever now granted it would be interesting to see if they do go forth this way rockstar games because obviously they're probably going to be going a lot more time between eventually going into grand theft auto 6 i mean hell with the pretty much the cash cow that is gta 5 i mean they have been literally riding the coast of this damn game along mm-hmm. with red Dead redemption 2 so it wouldn't be surprising to see their classic games getting remastered to put on the specific platforms honestly there are definitely reports Inside the reports and stuff, this would be coming onto the PlayStation platforms, Xbox and a Nintendo Switch. Now, I will say if this is if this report turns out to be true and not only is GTA collection coming out on Nintendo Switch, I mean that's gonna be freaking huge for the Nintendo console in general, considering other than Chinatown Wars I could think of of the DS, Nintendo has never really had a mainline Grand Theft Auto game on its platforms and the same creators of that series years ago were making games for the Nintendo 64 with Body Harvest. So the remnants of that company became Rockstar Games, and that company was creating all sorts of games on PlayStation and Xbox platforms. But I think this is going to be kind of a weird... I think this is actually potentially exciting, because if the Grand Theft Auto games comes onto the Nintendo Switch eventually this is like a fever pipe dream that Nintendo fans have been quintessentially kind of wanting for quite a long while. And uh, not just that, but it's just the overall concept in general where you have a Nintendo system that's finally kind of recognized to have all these games that missed Nintendo platforms over the past 20 years are all of a sudden coming towards one system that Nintendo has. So it's like the Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9, or having all these other types of like... Uh, games you wouldn't necessarily associate with Nintendo, say, like, with Bioshock and with Ma- not Mass Effect. I kind of wish there was Mass Effect. I mean, hell, ha, ha, ha. Ah, Fuck off, EA. Anyway, with, uh... But what, what would you think about this, Tyler? Do you think that GTA trilogy, if this report is accurate from Kotaku, it's like, do you think this would have a, po- like a possibility coming to Switch?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think so. I mean, we... Um... It makes sense. These games are 20 years old. You know, yeah. you know, almost 20 years old. Between 2001 and 2004, these games came out. Uh, yeah. it, would, it would be weird for it not to be. Especially, this is going to be a digital-only thing. This isn't going to be on a, a disc or anything like that. Or a cartridge, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, it'd probably sell... That'd probably be one of it. I mean, I, don't know, I shouldn't say top three. It's stupid because there's only three. But it would definitely be... It would sell super well over there. I don't know if it would outsell be on Xbox or PlayStation. But, like, I could definitely see... I mean, we always hear, like, you know, indie games sell great on there. People buy games on Switch because of the, the portable aspect. So it makes, it'd be, it'd be really cool. I think that'd be awesome to kind of finally see, like, this is probably the only way we're ever going to get a GTA game on the Switch or a Nintendo console, ever. Unless Nintendo yes. decides to become a superpower, like PlayStation and Xbox, as far as the power, their graphic, their, their their consoles go, and started mm-hmm. like, we're going to, you know, be cutting-edge technology kind of shit. Um which we we know that's not going to happen. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's exciting. It's cool. I don't I mean GTA is not my game. I played all these games back in the day. Uh, I played all the GTA's since th- what three on. Um, they're just right. not for me. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to sell super well. I think it sounds like this. You know, the, the rumor is it's coming in November, uh, which would kind of makes sense because we have the the GTA Five uh, Next Gen update is coming and uh, on I think November sixth as well uh so it definitely would be you know like they can do this like a big make it a big event where like here's the next gen upgrades of these and here's a remaster of these three games that you love i think i think it's going to do i mean rockstar all they do is print money at this point so
0: at this point in time but i will say before we move on give me gta 4 give me gta 4
1: on the switch Cousin, <laughs> fuck that! No, we don't. want No one wants that. I don't want to <laughs> hang out with Nico and his douchey fucking cousin, dude. That story was actually pretty damn awesome in my own The opinion. game was. I thought I liked the. I like actually like the story in that game. It's one of the more interesting ones to me of all the ones I played. I just I don't want to text. I don't want to hang out with the cousin, and I don't want to fucking have my cell phone when I like. I go you don't want to hang out with Packy? I don't want to go bullying with with Packy. Or deal with my annoying-ass girlfriend. Or fucking take a goddamn taxi cab everywhere. God.
0: Oh, oh, I love it. Anyway, now let's go to the favorite topic at hand for our podcast, and that's the NPDs.
1: Yeah, boy.
0: All right, so these NPDs covered the month of, what was it again? July. Yeah, okay, the month of July, thank you. It's funny how they don't say at the top of the chart. It's at the top of the webpage. Anyway, so I'm going to be reading this from 20 all the way up to number 1. So number 20, Assassin's Creed Valhalla by Ubisoft. Then you have Resident Evil Village in 19 by Capcom. Pokemon Sword and Shield, Nintendo. Breath of the Wild, 17, Nintendo. A new one here at number 16 by Square Enix is Neo The World Ends With You. That definitely got a good sales on its debut that's pretty good now the next game at number 15 is mortal Kombat 11 by warner brothers number 14 super mario 3d world by nintendo number 13 is tony hawk's pro skater one plus two by activision blizzard corp number 12 animal crossing new horizons nintendo number 11 ratchet and clank rip depart from sony number 10 super smash brothers ultimate by nintendo Number 9, Call of Duty Modern Warfare by Activision Blizzard. Number 8, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales by Sony. Number 7, MLB The Show 21 by Sony. Number 6, Mario Golf Super Rush by Nintendo. Number 5, we have Minecraft. Multiple consoles, multiple things. Number 4, Mario Kart 8 by Nintendo. Number three, this is a new debut, and that's Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin. Now, at number two, at number two, we have Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And let's see, for number one, all right, so for number one, we have The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. And essentially, okay, for those listening in and stuff like that, our Skype thing just dropped a little bit. So I have to go through and reconnect with Tyler. Yep. So to catch you up to speed, Tyler, I already went through and covered the rest. So I just went through and finished saying the legend of Zelda skyward sword was number one on the MPD charts in the month of July.
1: Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy months. You know, I guess not, not shocking. That's number one. Uh makes sense. It was really like the only big one. I mean, I'm not surprised to see it. I guess it's a little surprised to see it at number one. I'm just not su- surprised it's high up there. Um, yeah, I mean Monster Hunter stories at number you know, debuting at three is shocking. Um, it was just like I was talking about earlier. Monster Hunter games they sell super well. Um, and they after Monster Hunter World, I think that was in 2018. That like those games just that that franchise has just grown and grown ever since. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mario Golf Super Rush is holding it at number six. Uh, that kind of makes sense because it did come out like it was like the last week of the of the month of june so I think it was like, it came out like the 25th of June so kind of makes sense you know it came in right at the end so you know people buying it up a uh, holiday weekend um I don't know i, I it, it's kind of a, a you know a standard month for the most part we had what we had like three new games in the list we had yes. uh neo um monster hunter and Skyward sword all three nintendo games of course. Uh, are all all three switch exclusive games? Just say, um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it's crazy. Nintendo, I don't, they keep doing it. Uh, shockingly, uh, the month of July, the sales were up ten percent overall for video games. Wow, which is crazy. You know, to think about uh,
0: this post pandemic. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, as we're like definitely like in that weird in between stage where we're not crazy. M- beginning of pandemic but we're also not like now we are where we are where we're not like we're not out of it yet we, we were kind of out of it now we're kind of back in it we're in that middle of ground um but uh yeah i mean it's just it's just kind of shocking to see but i just want to count here one two three four five six seven eight nine nine games ours are, are switch exclusives um tony Hawk pro skater still Actually, I mean, it, it would get, finally it bumped back into the top twenty last month because of uh, um, it came out the Switch, yep. and it actually went from seventeenth up to thirteenth this month. Um, so, I mean, like, it's still holding pad in that top twenty. It so,
0: tells you how good that game is. That spot released on the Switch. Yeah, it will never get game. another one. So enjoy. <laughs> it. I know, I know. Sad, sad, but true. It's like we're not going to get another Tepetoni Hawk remastered thing like that anytime soon. But at the same time, it's like. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 Remaster definitely got a good sales boost on Switch, especially since Game Grumps were covering it a little bit and everything else. The influencers doing their jobs and that. But uh, nine out of the top 20 or Switch games, honestly, that's no surprise considering how popular Nintendo's first party and even some of the third party content has been. I share the same sentiment as you, Tyler. Skyward Sword being number one in the MPDs. I was not expecting that. I clearly thought it was going to be Call of Duty again because, well, that's that's called call, of duty. call of duty it yeah. makes money it pretty much prints money
1: i, I and, just want to know i'm sorry to cut you off man but i just want to know how many people bought skyward sword thinking it's like the next zelda game Not really like it was the previous zelda game and they're just so pissed when they found out wait well, this is the breath of the wild like that was the thing they got into zelda because of breath of the wild and like oh fuck yeah it's the next zelda game oh no what the fuck is this bullshit why is this fucking sword talking to me
0: well tyler you know, you probably are not too far away from that because at that point, a lot of people that were interested, like uh, like inside of a Zelda game, like for Skyward Sword, were probably didn't play it initially because it was a late system. It was like one of the last salon songs in the original Wii. It was by like twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, and back in around twenty eleven, and of course, people didn't want to play it back then because of the motion control stuff. And now you have the game remake remade and put on switch and now it's like everybody wants to buy and play this game because of the like button controls yeah it's it's pretty fucking hilarious in my honest opinion but at number one god damn man that's strong man that's a pretty damn strong showing but yeah that's pretty much kind of the same like sentiments and stuff like that now i'm trying to go forth and pop up the next article i got here all right As uh, Tyler goes through and changes a little bit of the scenery right here, we're definitely inside. I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those that are listening in, we are definitely inside the Ghost of Tsushima set, and we are about (laughs) to be invaded by some Mongols. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to be going into our last topic of this week, and from what the headlines are saying inside of our show notes right here, Blue Box did it again.
1: No, Gables. Say it verbatim.
0: <laughs> Alright. Blue Box fucking did it again. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I'm going to let you take point inside this topic right here. Because you have a little bit more familiarity with this than I do. So, take it away, Tyler.
1: <laughs> so, for people who don't remember. Quick little run through game. Uh, these are the people that everybody thought that the game that this game... After they showed the teaser for abandoned earlier this year it's kojima and then they're like no we're not kojima and they're like well but what if we are kojima but we're not but what if we are but we're not but what if we are and so they were doing this whole thing we're totally not but also we're gonna drop all these crazy ass hints that are very obviously hinting towards they are hinting harder towards the fact they are fucking kojima harder than aew is that cm punk is gonna be at (laughs) at the united center on fucking friday all right But the problem is, only one of those things is going to happen, and it's not the fact that abandoned is a Hideo Kojima game. That's not happening. Um, so it's so that they were supposed to have this like this trailer come out in at the in in June, and they have this countdown on their website and everything. And the countdown came, went, nothing happened, and it was then the, a, a video popped up of them saying, "We're sorry, we're delaying the video." And then they're like, "Okay, well." which that's that was fucking stupid and after all this build-up of like are we hit to hokajima are we not whatever and then they came out like a week or so later and they're like there's gonna be this app that's coming up on PlayStation of five that it's like a interactive trailer kind of thing um uh, mm-hmm. so you, i download the app i'm like okay i'm gonna check it out and i was i meant to talk about last week we just uh we just we're kind of running long i just cut i kind of cut it out of there uh but um I was like Gables, it's gonna finally be over. We're gonna know once and for all. I mean, we're not. Well, I mean, we already know it's not Hideo you <laughs> know. But I'm like, last week I was like, we're gonna finally know Gables once and for all. What the fuck's going on with this goddamn thing? Because on August 9th, I want to say, the uh, so the, you can download the app on your PlayStation a couple weeks ago. The it was gonna go. The trailer was gonna go live on there, so we can all check it out. Once again, Gables, there was a countdown. The countdown hit zeros. Nothing happened. Oh, nope, nothing. There was nothing no. on Twitter. There was nothing. Everybody. It was like trending on, uh, on like on Twitter a little bit, like about what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and then the the next day, Gables. The next fucking day, they said they they said that there's still there's technical issues and there's a delay and that we will uh um, will have that for you soon. They did. <laughs> uh, they, a day later, they did this. Not, they didn't do it the day before that it was supposed to go live. When there was a countdown still going on, the countdown hit zero. They waited 24 hours after the zero to tell us it's been delayed again. Um, then they, uh, um, they put like I said they had a series of tweets. There was a they put out like a trailer yesterday, like a little teaser trailer yesterday. It's just a guy walking, like you just see like the bottom half of him walk across. And that that's all it is. And it's just coming soon. Um But um it's just, they fucking they got us again, Gables. <laughs> I, I just this it is absolutely dumbfounding what is happening here. Like I keep saying this. I said this for what the fuck are they doings ago. If this isn't Hideo Kojima, this is the dumbest fucking PR stunt. And I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to say gaming, the history of video games. Maybe not, I don't want to say that. I mean, I watched the Kojima or the Konami E three event like ten years ago. There's there's both definitely been worse, but it's up there, Gables. And it's it's especially in today's era where we're like what's social media media tie ins. We have these apps, like these all these like conferences, all these things you can do to like really showcase your game in all these different unique ways. And they are doing it in maybe the most unique ways, but it's not good. Nobody's happy. Nobody is liking this. <laughs> Nobody is loving this. We're all just agitated and pissed. What are we doing? I I I don't know what to say, Gables. I just can't believe it. I just it's all I keep thinking, I was like, how? How is this happening? And I don't I don't know. I'm rambling now. It's just it's so fucking dumb. It's dumb. You guys are dumb. Not everybody, just the people that are in charge of this thing. The workers, I'm sorry. Everybody else that's like in charge and thinking this is oh this is fucking awesome. Look at all this heat we're getting for this, all this buzz we're getting. It ain't good shit. When this this thing better come out and wow us, or oh this game will only be remembered for this shit, not the game, just this shit. If this game comes out into seven, this game is game. We're gonna look at it like a five. This game comes out at like a ten out of ten, we'll forgive everything else. But that's that's it. You got like this game needs to be like a 10 out of 10 fucking thing or this game is like forever going to be remembered for this shit. Not the game. God damn.
0: Uh, that's this it. This p- over. at this point. I wonder if this game developer is just freaking trolling everybody because man it's like all the various like craziness and reactions and I'm with you too. It's like this shit needs to end. It's if, if, gone uh, on long enough. Unveil your shit. Or get it's like what my mom would tell me. It's like either shit or get out the pot. And this yeah. is exactly the type of things that Blue Box needs to do. Cause.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder where PlayStation's at with this shit. Like they gotta be pissed. And if, like, <laughs> and, like I keep saying, it, and I keep and like it means more every single time. If this is a Kojima, this is the most baffling thing in the world. But even for Kojima, this is fucked up. Yep. So, most yeah.
0: definitely so well everyone that does it for our topics for this week so let's get into what we've been gaming tyler you go ahead and start off i pretty much have played one game this week so
1: okay we both played one of the same we the the game you been playing, i've also been playing but yeah before that um i've been playing some madden 22 um how am i been playing it you may ask because it's not out yet um i'm cool like that uh no uh it's on ea play now uh they have like the thing where like uh, I've been doing this for the last few years. I'll get EA Play on my PlayStation, uh, and then you get to play it a week early for ten hours. And it's the full game, so everything's open. Um, but you only get to play it for ten hours. Um, so I've put like four hours into it. Like the big thing they were talking—you know, normally I wouldn't talk about this shit—but th- the right. big thing they were doing this year is that uh, they're really focusing on like franchise mode. Um, uh-huh. or this was like a big ordeal. Uh, last year when they were kind of like before, like they showed off Madden Twenty One. They were talking about um, kind of the things to expect at Madden 21 and what's going on. Like, they like changed the mode of franchise mode to classic franchise or whatever. Like, all these were things, and like, they basically were like, all like, they didn't change anything about franchise or franchise. Like, mode players have been like complaining uh, very vocally for years now because they just haven't been doing a lot of updates. The game is just, the the mode has been just abandoned like it's just been literally the same shit i mean they haven't done anything they've done a couple like little like tiny things but it's like so inconsequential to like the grand scheme of things um that it's just like they're so focused on the yard or um, uh, ultimate team which i understand that's the shit that brings in like they make billions of dollars a year off of these things but it's also like you know the franchise mode is what made madden madden like that's what made also have an NFL license helps, but also like there was a ton of NFL licensed football games back in the day. But Madden yes. was big because it had an ongoing franchise mode. Uh and they were the first game to do it and that's what's been big for them ever. And obviously games change, times change, we get it. But there's a large percentage of people that buy these games every year just to play like me. That like I buy the game, I don't put another diamond to it. Like that's that's it. Like I play the I I I buy I I put three hundred hours every year into fucking franchise mode. That's my thing. Um and it's been very frustrating. It's just like like these like so far behind the times. It was like like there's like things like with like rookie contracts. Or like I mean like because like the the thing we love about you know Madden, especially people like me and like that run franchise mode is like we love the like how detail-oriented it is about like how real real it is like you actually feel you know like it's it's a video game but you, you feel like you're running a team you're the gm you gotta control the cap space you gotta uh think of the future you gotta you gotta decide where to, to sign these players and all that fun shit but it'd be like things like in like 2013 they added the thing for like nfl rookies where if you're a first round pick in the nfl uh teams can decide whether or not to because uh, you're you have a there's a there's a rookie wage scale they have where like you're, you're maxed out what you can make but if you're really good a team will will uh sign you to like there's a fifth year they can add on to your deal uh and that was something they did in 2013 nfl did it took till 2019 to add that into the game into ma- wow. the franchise mode um it's just like that that's like just one of a million things it's just like and this has been like this is the issue that's happened with like every about once a console generation sometimes twice they update like totally update and put a new like it's a it's a brand like a new engine they do with madden so then the problem is they focus so much on this new engine and getting that working with this new game that and we all understand it. madden players do everybody like i think a lot of people do for the most part is a lot of things that were in the old engine that they just can't kind of keep you know uh building upon don't get brought over or it takes a couple years to get them back into there because they're so focused on building this engine that they like you know like Things got to cut corners. They're under a contract. They have to have this game out um, before the season kicks off. Whatever, blah blah. We all understand it. We move along. It kind of sucks, but whatever. Um, after the last uh, uh, um, engine change, I think it was like 27, 2016 2017 something like that. Like they just, they, they the, it just, Matt, franchise has been stagnant. So, anyways, long story, short story, long here, I guess. Um, they. Uh, after they announced all the shit that they're doing for Madden 21, and it's like basically like, oh, you're not doing anything to Madden or for franchise mode, like it like this became this huge thing on Twitter where like it became the number one trend on Twitter for hours afterwards where it says "fix franchise," um, and that was a big deal. And like the, the EA and Madden came out and were like we hear you, and like here's like they came out like and like they, it's like we're gonna come back to you here soon with some updates and plans, what's gonna go on. Uh, they came back and like we, here's these big things we're adding. Uh, for the franchise mode over the course of the year, and but they said they said the big changes will be next year, um, uh, Madden 22, and they definitely are, you know what, what? I played so far, they're definitely doing a good job. It's not as great as it was because like man, like the Madden on like PS2 and like early 360, the first half of 360 PS3 era, those were the best ones. Where like they had like yes, they had like um like stories they would do. They'd have like um they have articles written. And shit, you can read about, like, what's going on around the league. So, like, it wasn't just, like, you're focusing on your team. You can, like, read what's happening on the, like, oh, fucking Brett Favre retires. Or, like, there was actually a radio host who would sit there and talk about all the events of what happened the past week in your franchise mode. And, like, it was so cool. All the cool shit they would do. And, like, it was so focused. And there was, like, they had the mini camp modes where if you wanted to make this individual player really good, you can, like, do uh, mini camp drills to focus on him and get his, his stats up. Um, shit like that, that everybody, like a lot of people love. And it's like people think fondly back to. And it's just they've been gone for 15 years. And they don't have that in here, but they, they're definitely, they're doing better of like focusing on like news around the NFL. Or you can like, you can see all of the stats um, around the league. You can like, it's right there. Like league leaders, and it has like a top 10 passing yards, touchdowns, whatever, blah, blah. blah. Uh, you can see like, uh, like you, you play 15 years of your mad mode, but you can't see like what happened each season. Like you can't see like who won the Super Bowl, who won the NFL MVP in twenty twenty five of this year. They have that now, so you can actually oh, look yeah. at all your past seasons, like shit like that. Like these are a lot tiny minuscule things they've added, but those are like big for us. Like it's just like you're doing something here. But like the, the major things they've changed is like uh, build like a, a big complaint they had was like you actually had like a staff. Like when you you create your coach, you have a staff. Like you have your, your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special team coordinator, and they were actually the the one downside so is like so they have these in this now where you actually have coordinators and they all have skill trees now. And as you like do things and you you, you complete goals, you can do things. Or like now your players like offensive line, you can get you get uh, point points. It can use to like add you know things you can add get new uh, things for you. Like uh, linemen now get. Uh, ten percent more XP, uh, for, in games or uh, um, you can, it's it's ten percent easier now to make a trade or and stuff like just like little things like that or you know, or you get more scouting points for for the, the for the NFL draft next year, shit like that. Um, and they actually have like offensive defense coordinators. Uh, the only downside is they're not real people, which kind of sucks because like the the old ones like like fifteen years ago, ten years ago, they had like a ton of they had. All the offensive defensive coordinators, special teams coordinators, all the head coaches. And then they had all of like the the ones that don't have jobs currently were on like in the game, so you can just like hire and fire coaches and right. sign them to your team. And they all had like like this offensive coordinator will give stat boosts to your running backs and receivers. Shit like that. They all had like and like different playbooks and everything like that. Like if they have that. They just like like nitpick shit, where they don't have the actual coaches themselves. It's all fake generated names for that oh, part. Okay. Um but you know like the little thing like that that's a big thing for people um, just like just like a lot of, it's 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 like so nitpicky i think to a lot of people but it's like shit like that just makes a big difference it's just like even like like the way the whole like menu looks is completely different for the first time in in years and like that's awesome it just like it just like it literally was like untouched for years like nothing like there was exactly copy paste over year over year, and the only thing changed was was the, the like the teams, like the players and the teams. That was it. Which obviously is the most important part. But it's just like when you put hundreds of hours, it's just like anything with like you you talk about like Destiny Two. It, this is my Destiny Two. It's like these like you know when it's like for the outside, it's like okay, well, no one cares. But it's like to us, it's like no, this shit really matters to us. Like it does. we're good. We want to keep playing this thing. We love playing this game. We just want a reason to keep playing this. And like they're definitely doing a really great job of doing that. They do. Pro- they have promised more shit down the road. Uh, I I'm really I'm I'm just really happy so far with uh you know I love Madden like I, said, I I put 100 hours into it but like uh they've done a great job of like dealing with like uh the frustration like my some of my favorite parts about Madden is the game in between the game of like like I said running the team and they're making that more fun for me um but yeah I mean, like I said I only played like you know four hours of that I, I don't think I'm gonna talk about too much unless my opinions drastically change uh but yeah that's what I've been playing so far huh <sighs> Should we get into the big thing we've both been playing?
0: Yes. Alright.
1: We're uh, Dodgeball Academia is the game we're talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I do wanna You're farther ahead, so I do wanna hear about, you know, your your opinion so far.
0: Alright, so for Dodgeball Academia, I definitely have played a lot more since the last recording. I am at the start of episode 8. This is the final episode in regards to this whole game, so I'm just about to go into the final battle, sort of say. Finishing up a bunch of loose ends, and I have to admit, Tyler, this game initially took me by surprise, not only by its announcement, but also me playing this game, how much it's so reminiscent of old JRPGs, has sort of the same kind of character tropes and that, that sort and that style, but. What's more or less interesting is like a lot of the different things I was learning and also getting into. Like for example, it's like there's a specific type of uh, side mission that you have, like in one of the episodes, either six or seven, where you have to go and uh, go to Big Tony, right? There's This character called Big Tony and stuff. He has his like a secret shop or whatsoever, and he also has this like an underground tournament thing. That you have to go through, and I figured out through process elimination stuff that I could use that to grind a whole bunch of currency if I really wanted to. Now, using that on top of like adjusting the, the accessibility sliders and everything else and stuff, I mean, that's what ended up helping me get the side mission for him done. But what's fairly interesting in regards is to Dodgeball Academia in general, it's like it's so how accessible it is, it's sort mm-hmm. of similar to Celeste, how you could go and manipulate the difficulty if you choose to with specific parts if you're like not enjoying some aspects of this game, which quite honestly, there are some difficulty spikes for Dodgeball Academia and it really comes at episode six in specific. I could notice that off the top of my head and stuff, not only for that whole Big Tony's side quest and stuff for like uh, the big old tournament and stuff, but also in some of the in some of the later portions of some of the boss battles, yes yes, it definitely has played a different part in regards to some of the difficulty, but overall, I have been enjoying the hell out of this game. Experimenting with the different characters, getting used to playing with different characters like Sunako or like Soy or like uh, like, uh, Iabo, like Kiabo and stuff like that. It has definitely been an interesting foray to mix, mix and match a bunch of different characters equip all these different type of gimmick equipments and stuff finding out like certain dialogue that some NPC characters are start talking about that uh, are pay callbacks to like say the original Pokemon game or like are callbacks to like different types of like pop culture references and stuff. it's definitely been a fun time. And what's kind of hilarious, though, is, like, they have, like, specific kind of characters and stuff have their like, uh, are very memorable to me. Like, say, Boris and his sister Vampy. Yeah, that's definitely, like, one of those, like, stereotypical sort of, asp- like, aspects of, uh, Big Brother protecting little sister and doing this and that, that type of a trope. But, uh, I'm really liking Boris and Vampy. I'm also really liking, like, some of the characters, the side characters and stuff, like, uh, no, yeah, not not like just balloony and stuff like that, but like the party characters, you know, like Mina, Sunako, yeah. like Soy, I mean, Kiabo. It's like all of them are very distinct in terms of not only their play style, but also in terms of their characters as well. Like for example, you have Sunako, her counter is quintessentially like uh, you hold down the B button, you wait for like attacks to come to you, and then right at the last moment you you uh, release the B button and it does like a uh, swing of the bat and it just hits the dodgeball back of the person's face. Then it's like you have like uh, Soy that has these different types of different types like Baltimore abilities and stuff to where it creates tornadoes and all this other stuff and like lightning quick reflexes and that. And then also you have Kiabo that's more or less kind of like a support character to where if you hold the focus, his focus attack is literally sharing his like uh, draining his HP to give to his teammates and stuff. But if you combine him with like with certain elements, like say with high, maybe high defense and also. Increasing the ultimate meter of him by having another like uh, equipment thing on him, his ultimate move is really like overpowered to where it's quintessentially a combination of a bunch of different badges from the original Paper Mario, which is the power bounce, the multi bounce, and like uh, all these other stuff that is basically timing based by the snap of his fingers. <laughs> so he's pretty much sort of, does like a greaser move, like when this move activates and stuff. Well, he'll hold his hand up and he'll just snap his fingers every time you. Let the ball bounces off of its head. Like a meteor smash attack is what it's called. And it's really hilarious because the first time I executed it, I didn't know that I could do it all in a row. So I kept on pressing the A button. And I, I figured out, oh, hey, this this feels familiar. And like all of a sudden it's like I'm doing all this random damage and this and that. I think the highest I got was maybe like seven or eight presses in a row and stuff and finally got that down. But uh, just experimenting with the different teams. I love the way how this how dodgeball academia forces you to mix and match because there definitely comes parts inside the main story where you have to stick with like a a certain group of characters because some will separate from the party and do like other things and stuff. And I really like how they want you to get used to the aspect of exploring different strategies in terms of not only advancing the, like advancing the story, but also advancing what works for you in regards to like having who wants to be your main attacker who wants to be your support who wants to be your counter specialist it, you have to look at it in that type of like a party mentality because quintessentially you quintessentially is kind of like any other type of rpg where you have your your dps and stuff you have your support or healer or that regards and then all of a sudden you have sort of like a sentinel or sort of like a defensive oriented type of character to where they can attack too but they are also very good in like encountering specific like type of meta stuff in regards to whatever but uh, I, like I said before, Tyler, this game is highly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Definitely has that sort of like uh, mystique. It, I honestly feel like this is definitely going to be one of the top games of the year for me. Yeah, how about you?
1: I, I'm with you right now, definitely. Um, I am somewhere in the middle of episode six. Uh, I, I just playing games in the middle of the week has been difficult. So uh, I played it a bunch sun, last Sunday, and I played it a, a bunch today. I think I'm like seven hours in give or take um but yeah i'm just having a blast with this game the only sometimes the only downside sometimes is like i just wish i could play more of the game itself Mm -hmm. at some points where like i just the game like it's like i really enjoy the characters i love the world like i love the goofiness of it like everything is everything in this game to me like for what this game is trying to be it is as about as perfect as you can get um like they are nailing everything about this game for me um but it's just that at times I just wish there was more like ways I can just play the game. Like I love doing all like the, actually like every every beginning of every episode I go like first thing I do is I find all the battles I can do, um that aren't in the side quest that aren't yes. in the, uh, uh, the main mission. Like you can see on the map where you can like go face people and get XP. It's like I'm just like I'm just having a blast going around like facing them and there's like the different balls you can like you face like there's the poison one that the, every second you hold it you lose you're losing HP. Um, or there's the, the fire one that like it hits you, it does fire damage. Or there's the, there's like the, the gum one where it hits you and you like, you get stuck. If you get hit by it, you're stuck and you can't move and like you can't defend yourself. Um, yeah. So I'm just, it's just the more I play it, the more fun if, if this fucking game is like like everything you said is like exactly how I feel. Um, uh, like they've, like, like I said, they've balanced, they've done a great job of like bouncing around. Like I want to grind more. Uh, I, like, I want to do more side quests to get more XP, but also I'm not, like, grind. it's not really so much grinding, it's like, I'm just enjoying playing this game, but also, like, these side missions are super entertaining and fun, and learning more about these dumb characters in this world, like, why, why does, Bal- like, there's a one person, like, like, these, like, optional b- battles you can get into, where it's like, someone's like, I really can't figure out Balloonie's head how does that work <laughs> and like after you beat her she's like seriously how does how does his head work because balloony is literally his head is a balloon and when he's sad his head deflates and it's always funny <laughs> to me but it's like it, this game is weird like there's a, like one of the like, there's the characters in the game that are like that's a fucking cat one of them's a vampire one's a pirate yeah. there's, a, there's a pirate in the game i don't know why there's a pirate i don't know why the, that one sticks out more to me than the cat but it, that's just how it is um but like 90 percent of the people in this world just normal looking humans but then there's these random creatures and like you have these they all have like like i said like all the like it's so fun like learning um you know all these different enemies as you face them like everybody has different abilities like you're saying everybody in your party has their own abilities but like so does you know the the enemies you face like some of them like they throw the ball but like right when it gets to you and you're about you're about to like catch it like it slows down or like there's the one like they just fucking rockets hundred mile per hour shots or the ones that like they uh they like spin in a circle like a torn like a they do a little tornado thing at you and you got like forgot the timing on that but um yeah I this game like it's like I said for everything that th- I'm not saying this game is like perfect as like best game ever but like for what this game wants to be it is perfect and like I'll I s- love all I love everything I'm loving everything about it what, what were you gonna say Gables?
0: you know what it is it's it's not the reinvention of the wheel what it is is a game that presents itself with what has already been established gives you more of that and elaborates in its own creative way to make it feel different just enough to where it feels like a fresh new experience even though it's something that we personally have played similar games of the sort over the years and that's what's been so enjoyable about Dodgeball Academia. We know at its core, it's a turn-based. It's pretty much like an action RPG, not a turn-based one, but like an action-based RPG. The difference is, it's part of a dot. It's dodgeball. Quintessentially, yeah. it's a sport. It's quintessentially kind of like a mixture of Pokemon and then like Mario Golf in some of like the aspect of its elevation and sort of a story. And then you have to go forth in a random tournament and do this and do that, you know. But it has the structural story arc kind of things of like a, an actual action based RPG, kind of similar to that of a Paper Mario or a Pokemon Red and Blue. But at the same time, that's the character developments so itself sort of a standard like Japanese RPG, you know. It's, it's sort of a unique take on some of the probably some of the favorite games of the developers and definitely the creator of this game had growing up Mm -hmm. but essentially i feel like this is a game that is definitely aimed towards someone like myself that has played like so many different games so many different types of rpgs over the years that this game looks feels like it's been catered to like gamers kind of like you like kind of like you and i tyler to where it just scratches that itch and stuff that you want to play that you haven't been played. haven't played for a while, but yeah, yeah. I kind of feel that way about it.
1: I really think like, like we were, we were talking about like, it's usually before the show. We, we just kind of talk about like what's going on with us. And we just talk about like, we just bullshit like buddies and we, we, we purposely don't talk about news or what we've been playing. We, we usually, we never do that. But as soon as <laughs> like, it wasn't even three minutes into the conversation and we we spent fifteen minutes discussing uh, dodgeball. That's how much we like this game. Where it's like we are both loving it. We couldn't we help but talk about. Never do that. It. No, we purposely don't <laughs> tell each other shit or give our opinions on things until we get on the show. We like we we've always done that. And it, it's like as soon as like we got like like I said we we did the pleasantries at the beginning. I was just like, so uh, what's going on with you and Dodgeball Academia there, Gables? And it's like, boom, fifteen minutes later, we should probably start the show, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, this game, like I said, it's a blast. But it's like you're like you're talking about, like it, it takes all these different elements from so many different games, and it does it so well. And like, and that, I mean, it's so difficult to do because I, I we, there's games we've done, we've seen where like they try to do that, and it's just like it, it doesn't work. And like, like mm-hmm. not to say that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just like if it doesn't work, it stands out. And this game, it like it's it really it, like, works. They take, it really works. Like, yeah, they have like the goopiness of paper mario games they have they follow the pokemon rpg formula of like the story in the world and they then like
0: even look like pop-ups from paper yeah. mario dude
1: yeah like and then like the battling is fucking super dodgeball from goddamn nes but it's fucking a blast yeah, yeah. I, I i yeah, goddamn. yeah like yeah like you're saying like the, like I, I said last week indies are holding this year up but they are doing an outstanding like that is not a slight in the in the in the least bit like that they are killing it this year and this is just another oh, reason shit. why like this game like you're saying this game is gonna be high up uh, on your list it's definitely like at this point in time the, I know it's 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 easy to say that right now because we're playing it currently and it's only August but right now it's I think it's definitely both high up on our list
0: Tyler I'm gonna say this right now it's like with how indie games have fared this year i mean granted it feels like a big old resurgence of like the type of games we'd be playing a hell of a long time ago but it's like especially this year it feels like that the indie games have definitely like eclipsed a lot of what the triple a the publishers have been trying to put out for this year in my honest opinion and not just eclipse them but like blast past. you know they don't and we're talking about like smaller teams doing this and that. It's quintessentially like how gaming was back in the NES and Super Nintendo days, where you didn't have all these hundreds of people creating one game. You have a small group of people, very passionate, very dedicated to what they want to create, give us these excellent experiences. I mean, God, this past year, like with Cyber Shadow, with like fucking this game, Dodgeball Academia, there are other. Death like, Store. in like, Death, Death Store. Store, yes exactly and like there's even more games that I really want to try in that regards you know like Ender Lilies I heard that game's amazing Axiom Verge 2 that's gonna be something you know it's like it feels like it really does feel like I'm back in the 90s where these games are like what I would hear about maybe or read about in magazines or this or that and then I go down and I try them out and then like this is I quintessentially feel like this is the golden age of independent gaming. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, we are definitely living in, in, in a high point of indie games. So, and I think this this week, this last couple months especially is only showing that, and then having the the the, the indie event also is just hammering that opinion home. So.
0: All right. So, with that in mind, everyone, that is the end of episode 447 of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. Now, if you want to go for it, then follow us on our different social media platforms here. On Twitter, we are Drunk Nerds Pod. On Facebook, we are Drunk Dash Nerds. Twitch, Drunk Nerds Podcast. On YouTube, Drunk Dash Nerds. And pretty much wherever pods are cast. So, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, whatever the heck, we are on that platform. So, until we meet again, fair listeners, I have been your host, Sir Colonel Gables. Uh, I've been Tyler. And until next time, everyone, have yourself a fun time. Remember, life moves on regardless of whatever types of trials and tribulations you may go through. But most importantly of all that, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. And hey, Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.